Craft Beer Radio, episode 57, October 25th, 2006. Welcome to the 57th episode of Craft Beer Radio, the show for craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Wise. Mixed it up. And this is Jeff Bear. This and week, American IPAs. We're bringing you 57 wonderful varieties. No, well, really. we'll just bring you four, but you can imagine a whole 53 others if you'd like. You could watch the um, show many times over. There are, pl- there are more than 53 IPAs I'm sure you could find. 57. Well, I'm saying to, in addition to these four. Okay. So let's start off with the... Concord IPA. Concord IPA. Now, this is from Concord Brewery in Lowell, Massachusetts. This was given to us by... Martin. Martin. Thank you, Martin. 6% alcohol by volume. It's brewed year-round. Uses dark caramel malts, uh, hops with nugget and East Kent Goldings, and uh, Fugles. Have some beer with your head. Don't mind if I do. It's got this uh, kind, of like, kind of a copper color from what I can tell in the one inch of actual beer that's there. <laughs> And uh, at least you got a full glass. Look at that. Wow. <laughs> Not often you get two full glasses out of one bottle of beer. Very oh, heady one. beer. Very heady. It smells delicious. It certainly does. It smells, it has kind of a, a, a bountiful, uh, bursting, chewy hop aroma. The very heady beer has some great hang time. Look at that. It's up over the edge yeah. of my glass. It's not running. It, it's, Formed. It's thick. It's in terms of, of of what that smells like. Well, I want you to know when the head goes down. Yeah, I smell carbon dioxide. As we wait for our uh, hmm, kind of a tangerine. As we wait for our head to settle, let's uh, review IPAs a little bit for some new listeners. What okay. do you say? Well, those of you who don't know, I mean, the very brief story of the IPA was that... This will be the third time, the third so time. we're going to do a super short yeah, one. Yeah, super short. It's an English style. It has to do with them colonizing India and the soldiers there drinking stronger beer to to make the travel to India so it didn't spoil. There we go. Yeah, so it had to be hoppier, and that's why IPAs are hoppy, and American IPAs are even more so. Because we're crazy. Okay, so American IPA has a prominent to intense hop aroma with citrusy, floral, perfume-like, resinous, piney, and or fruity character derived from American hops. Many versions are dry hopped and can have additional grassy aroma. Some clean, malty sweetness may be found in the background, but should be lower level than the English examples. You should be, I think, uh, considerably more hop aroma in these than you would get from in English examples, what this is saying. Uh, you get color from medium gold to really kind of reddish copper, and this is this is sort of straddling the line. This isn't quite reddish. It's sort of um, it's a dark IPA for sure. Yeah, it's just about copper. It's 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 in that ballpark. Should be clear. Although unfiltered dry hop versions may be a bit hazy. This one's clear. This one is nice and clear. For flavor, the hop flavor is medium to high and should reflect an American hop character <clears> with <throat> citrusy, floral, resinous, piney, or fruity aspects. Medium high to very high hop bitterness, although the malt backbone will support a strong hop character and provide the best balance. Right. For those who are unaware, American hops tend to be fruitier and probably a little bit piney, whereas English tend to be a little bit uh, peatier, earthy, earthy and spicy. 
Spicy would primarily be continental hops, European style mm. hops, but carbon dioxide. The carbon dioxide smell that I'm smelling is kind of a almost a stinging on the inside of your nose because you're you're bringing all that CO2. Uh, I'm just smelling, like I said, tangerine is really one of the primary things. Kind of a sweet uh, tangerine, a little bit of tang. We haven't given this a, a taste yet, but there's a little bit of a... Yeah, I'm getting a little bit of the, the tang, tangerine type smell. What we get from um, Simcoe Zeus, along yeah. those lines of hops. Kind of like that Yards Philadelphia Pale Ale that we've raved about in the past. It oxidized? That's really not what I expected. I'm not tasting anything oxidized. Tasting a burnt flavor. Yeah, it's it's toast. Well, let's see. It's a see. It's not really smoky. It's not really caramel. It does taste like it's a bit of char or something like that. Almost like what you'd taste in a porter. Yeah, I I don't think this is. I think this got somehow really. I don't oxidized. know if you get that from. See, oxidized would be cardboard or, or sherry. I mean, if this were out in the heat, what happens with that? The ferment the aldehydes form, right? When you uh, when you do that, uh, the sugars start to caramelize, and if they over caramelize, well, you might get that burnt flavor. But I'm not getting anything that's signature. I'm not getting, I'm not really getting a lot of hops here either. I mean, I'm getting like a, a, a very uh, a flavor that's very reminiscent of, of burnt, yeah, like like a porter, which is not what this is supposed to be. Okay, now here's some interesting. What it describes here, we're actually tasting. It's a robust, deep copper ale with rich roasted and woody malt flavors and a distinct spicy hop character. We used every conceivable way to hop a beer to give this complex hop flavor and aroma. Hmm. Definitely, you know, woody and uh, and roasted almost to the burn point. But not really getting a, a distinct amount of hops here, and there's a very, there's initial flavor that I find to be okay. a little bit off-putting. Now I'm tasting and, hops. It's it's a really, really bitter, kind of like um, warrior tomahawk. Uh, that last sip I really tasted. Beginning of the taste covered my tongue. There's initial flavor here that tastes really kind of bad to me. That fades, and it goes to this sort of roasted um, roasted woody flavor without a lot of hops and a little bit of bitterness on the sides, but that initial flavor does not appeal to me at all. Okay, it says in the grains they use dark caramel malts, so mm-hmm. that would give us a lot of flavor. If you use like a, a 120 Belgian special B or something like that, that'll give it a lot of color. But do you taste and that initial flavor that I'm talking about? What is it again? It, it, the, the first thing you taste. The um, first thing I taste is that really harsh hop flavor. Is that what that is? Yeah, kind of like, um, how would I describe that one? It almost tastes rotten to me. (laughs) It's a harsh hop flavor. They say the hops in here are Nugget, East Ken Goldings, and Fuggles. Um, So it's probably the Nugget hops. Um, it's well, a, I love it's Nugget a, Nectar. I mean, Nugget Nectar uses four other hops uh, in it, mm-hmm. so it uses Tomahawk, Warrior, and uh, Zeus. I think I can't remember, but um, 
Yeah, the first thing I taste is, taste is that hop bitterness, that that kind of resinous, resinous. Um, yeah, I think you're right. It is coming from the hops, and that's. It's just not a hot flavor I really enjoy. Yeah, it's 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 an intense one, that's for sure. And but it doesn't linger, and and it, it, I guess it can be said that you know that initial flavor is off putting, but it doesn't necessarily linger. And what you get is kind of this dark, woody, roasty flavor that isn't altogether unpleasant. So, right. I don't want to you know you know totally crap on the beer, but it does have that initial flavor that it would not have me very interested in having more than one just for experimentation purposes. I don't know. Little... I'd use a thirty-eight, so it's you know reasonably bitter. Yeah. <clears throat> Mouthfeel smooth to medium light. Smooth. I'm sorry. Mouthfeel smooth, medium light to medium bodied mouthfeel, without hop derived astringency. Are we getting hop derived astringency? I don't think you're really no. getting a lot of astringency here now. Although the moderate to medium high carbonation can combine to render an overall dry sensation in the presence of malt sweetness, some smooth alcohol warming can and should be sensed in stronger but not all versions i mean this actually that that hot flavor is pretty earthy in its constituency it's not as bright and fruity two of the three hops in there are english hops then the one the american hop another hops it's used for beginning there certainly get some very let's just say um complex hop flavor yeah i mean I really want to appreciate this flavor because it's one of those things that I'd have to train myself to like. Yeah, it, it's it's not my favorite IPA, but it, it, there's nothing really... I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You you thought it might have been oxidized at first. Well, I, I was expecting something more... something Bright? Yeah, bright. Yeah, bright, uh, fruity. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a shadowy beer. <laughs> Dark and mysterious. Yes. Maybe even a little muddled. Okay, so email. We didn't get a whole um, lot of email this week, but you know enough to form a page of stuff on. If you want to send us an email, send the email to beer at craftbeerradio.com. Or you can post a comment on our website. Yep, we're, we're anxiously awaiting both. Uh, Bernie and Carl pointed us to an article in the New York Times about porters. So if you want to take a look at that, maybe we can put a link there. Sure, I can put a link to it. Uh, if I, hopefully I can find a link that will always let you in for free. Jason writes, Hey guys, love the show. Here in Toledo, Ohio, where macro beer reigns supreme, I have seen a number of bars replace Guinness taps with the new bare knuckle stout from Anheuser-Busch. I realize it's just Guinness, but around here, there's generally six or seven macro beers and one drinkable beer if you're lucky. This was in uh, reference to us talking about use the big yeah. Anheuser-Busch using their muscle to push micro beers off taps. Now... I don't really think Guinness and the brewery and the you know the company that owns Guinness is a microbrewery. They, yeah. they put out lots of beer. They have plenty of muscle to get those taps back. And uh, is Guinness really all that much better than Bare Knuckle? If you ask me, like, six and one half dozen of the other. Yeah. And I'm sure Bare Knuckle's cheaper. <laughs> so it seems more like a, a business uh, a decision really yeah. than you know pushing the little guys off the taps in that case. I mean, it, it, you know, it's a, a stout is a stout, and you're, you're still keeping the options out there for people who want to. I'm kind of surprised that bars would be getting rid of Guinness. Guinness has such a cachet, you know, with the Guinness and the tap handle, and people who think they're drinking fancy beers yeah. drink Guinness. 
So I'm kind of surprised they traded that for bare knuckle. Uh, Bob posted right after we we went off the air last week. Bob <laughs> right. sent us his email about the Gen- the Great American Beer Fest. They award medals based on a point basis, but if no beer earns enough points to win the medal, then no medals are awarded. That's why we saw some beers without gold. We're finishing up the Concord IPA from Concord Brewery in Lowell, Massachusetts. Well, I don't think this is going to be my star of the night, but let's uh, <laughs> let's not make quick judgments. Let's do this one next. All right. Next beer. This is... would be the Eel River. Yep. Eel River IPA from Eel River Brewing Company in Fort Tuna, California. Not Fontana. Not Fontana. Seven <laughs> percent alcohol by volume, brewed year round. Uh, this is an organic, and um, I've had less than you know. To be honest, I've had less than uh, full appreciation for organic beers. I t- I find that they tend to be lacking uh, flavor wise. So yeah, we've this one we've seen that a lot on organic beers where. Especially like hoppy pa- or organic pale ales. Like, yeah, there's no pale in there at all. It's just <laughs> ale. There's no any hops to be known of in a lot of them. Uh, this says uh, newest in our line of fine organics with the hop lover in mind. Well, okay. Okay, this pours a little bit lighter. It's um, oh, what would we call that color? Still kind of an orangey. Dark orange color. I'm going to print out every color from from yellow to black <laughs> and read their names <laughs> so I can practice for the show. Kind of a similar aroma, if you ask me, to the to the last one. Maybe it's a little less sweet. This one smells really good. This one smells sweeter to me, more mm-hmm. malty. Um, and it smells brighter. Hmm. It tells a little more orange, closer to orange than tangerine to me. I don't like it. Definitely has a brighter flavor. Um, is more in line of what I was thinking. It's well. Let me take another taste. Then. <laughs> okay, there's the hops. Yeah, this certainly doesn't have any uh, hmm. organic beer signature to it, like yeah. we've we've noticed in the past. Here I can get some of the same, some of that same hot flavor we're getting from the Concord, but it's brighter and it's a little, it's a little bit more encompassing. It's a little, um, I'm, I'm getting a lot of bitterness really on the top of my tongue, on the roof of my mouth and kind of the size of my tongue. I think it's, it's that same flavor I was tasting the Concord that I really disliked when it was really packed right there in the center of my tongue, but here it's kind of flaring out. Here's something interesting. On the ingredients, you know, it's certified organic, right? So the ingredients are water, organic malted barley, organic hops, hops, and yeast. Huh. So there must be some... Non-organic Inorganic hops, hops yeah. but a little enough that it's... <laughs> some metal hops. Metal hops. <laughs> <laughs> well, how can it be certified organic if it uses non-organic It mustn't have to be to 100%. You must Maybe. be able to get away with the percentage of inorganic material. Hmm. This is um. It's kind of it's heading heading towards that grapefruity side in terms of flavor, but yeah, I mean the the hop presence is so much brighter here than in the Concord. The Concord was so deep and and earthy, and this mm-hmm. one is brighter and fruity. At the same time, there's similar 
a similar spectrum of flavors in the center because kind of you know there's, there's a there's a brightness and there's a center and then there's a lower part and there's not this one doesn't really have that lower that earthiness and has the same center but brighter hoppiness if that makes any sense. I wish I had more to say about this beer because I am really enjoying it. I like I've the mouthfeel too. I think it yeah. has kind of a smooth, you know, a, a smooth full mouthfeel. Yeah, and um, getting some. There's nice small backbone on this beer. It's fully supported. Mm-hmm. It's not a thin IPA. It's a full IPA for sure. The hops are not standing way out in front. They're kind of just there highlighting the beer. Um, but it's enough hops to be a hoppy beer, that's for sure. Yeah, and it's got a little. I think it feels a little bit more bitter than the Concord. There's also a slight taste of alcohol, which is seven percent. Mm-hmm. So I can see that coming through, and that helps. The little alcohol burning, kind of at the back of your tongue, it really kind of helps bring it all the elements together. The solvency of the alcohol helps change yeah. your taste perception as well. Because what it does is it evaporates and gets all those little flavors up into your mm-hmm. nasal passages. Hmm. This has almost that um, that candy-like um, character to it. That smooth, sweet. Sometimes we get those hops that taste like those uh, those big lollipops. Yeah, something yeah. like that. <laughs> and this has some of that candy-type character to it. This is a nice IPA. I like how this is put together. Yeah, it doesn't. It. it I've had ones that taste a lot like those candy. This one, I, I, I the taste. There's a little bit of that candy flavor. And I think that what that is is that's probably I think the malt reacting with the alcohol, or in your mouth. Right. I mean, reacting is a strong term. Our IPA features a bright minted copper color. So is that what fresh? Is that what a new penny looks like? Yeah, I guess so, huh? Mm. Yeah. These generous dry hopping for this one, so. Yeah, you can certainly get that. They say strawberry esters from the house yeast strain. Well, that's interesting. They talk about the house yeast strain because uh, uh, when we brewed the Kavaz, Tom Baker was in town. So I took some beers down. And Gary sent us doubles of all these uh-huh. beers. So I took some of these Eel River down for Scott and Gary and the other guys to try because I know they none of them had never had Eel River. And one of the first things Tom, Tom, Tom commented on after he had three of the beers is like, you got this distinct house flavor there. Yeah. He never said strawberries, but... I, I don't think I would have pulled this out without them saying, but I can taste where it's coming from, where they're saying strawberry. It's right okay. there on the front, right? Right there as you the, 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 as you take the sip. And it kind of hits you a little bit mid, way back of your tongue, and you can kind of, if you're thinking strawberry, you can pull it out. Yeah, I can certainly taste it now. And um, actually, when I was looking for strawberry and tasted it, it tasted fruitier the whole way through. You know, I guess my, it was zoned in on the esters and I was able to get picked up a whole much more fruit on the flavor there. So I went from liking this beer to liking it even more. <laughs> Strawberry. There's not a lot of news this week, but there is something that I thought was kind of interesting. There's, I mean, there's an article on big brewers rolling out seasonal flavors, which if you've been checking the news, you probably saw. And one of the big things was the Michelob chocolate porter and, you know, they're, they're talking about the big breweries and they're processing out, you know, more flavors because they're trying to also win craft brewers and all that other stuff. Right. But there was a sidebar on there, the 10 top-selling beer flavors from 2005. Number one, plain. <laughs> regular. <laughs> regular. I'd like a regular beer, please. Uh, but, you know, I assume that means, you know, basically any, you know, non 
fruited beer, including Fruit, IPAs, uh, stouts. Those those were all considered plain or regular beer. Right. Uh, number two is pumpkin, which makes sense. I mean, it's a big. It's a big seasonal. Yeah. Sure. Honey. Honey is number three. Um, I mean, I think. Uh, it's honey brown, right? Yeah, I wonder if they're counting GD yeah. Dundee's. Oh boy! Number four, vanilla. Vanilla is especially in Christmas beers, and you know, season the the, the uh-huh. later seasonal ones. Right. I'm thinking of uh, uh, Winter Solstice has vanilla in it. Doesn't use vanilla, really? No. Hmm. They get that from the malt somehow. Impressive. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> time for that stuff. Number five, nut. Nut. <laughs> no beers have nuts in them. None that I know of. Or oh, hazelnut beers. That's like yeah. it. All other beers that have nut in the name just have nut coming from the malt, right? Pomegranate is number six. That's like the one Anheuser Busch beer they made last year. I mean, pomegranate is is a really nice flavor, and uh, I don't know if you ever tried to buy a pomegranate or tried to extract fruit from the pomegranate, but it's probably the most difficult fruit to extract from. Yeah. Number seven is brown sugar. Number eight, spice and spicy. <laughs> I'm not really sure what that means. I assume they mean like chili beer. Well, they probably mean they probably took, but spiced beers are completely different than spicy beers, <laughs> pepper beers. I mean, would you consider? I mean, would you put Belgian wits on this, or would you consider Belgian wits since it's supposed to be spicy on the plain list? You know, number one, plain. You know, like a plain. Or would it wit. be under the orange number ten? Right, or number nine is lime. I I can't think of any lime beers. I have to count Corona or something. But you're not actually. Adding lime to the flavor. I mean, you're adding lime after the effect. It's not like you're flavoring the. I mean, I don't. I just thought this was a very interesting list. This is like arguing which macro sucks least. Yeah. Let's get rid of that. <laughs> Back to the Eel River. Mm. Very good. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite uh, organic beer that Hands I had. Hands down. Yeah. yeah, it's nice, nice organic beer. Rick from Pacific Brew News Radio wrote in, commenting on the Sam Adams beers from last week. Oh, hey, I loved three of the four of them beers. The root beer I didn't appreciate, although I made a batch of root beer that tasted exactly like this. You can buy 90% of the root beer ingredients at a health food store with bulk items. We made a one-gallon batch. Yeah, I read that also sassafras root contains carcinogens. Oh, really? Uh, But if you use sassafras bark, it doesn't, so you, you have to use the bark for that. So when I die from cancer, I can blame it on making sassafras tea as a yes. kid, huh? Yeah, exactly. Nice. That sucks. <laughs> Rick also said he loved the licorice porter. He says it warms and becomes wonderfully drinkable. He also liked the ginger beer, very light and refreshing. He writes, I love that Sam Adams has the stuff to make beers like this. Beers that dare to offend the common American palate. Very, very cool. I think, yeah, we, we really did uh, appreciate Sam Adams for just having the... Uh, Having the wherewithal to actually do this, the sack. Yeah, having the <laughs> the uh, as another listener writes the uh, well, let's see the cojones the without the Spanish the cojones. This <laughs> <laughs> is Ben. He said uh, they had the cojones, and he wants to say it without a real Spanish accent. Would be cojones. That's a. I just I really I can't say enough about how great it is that they just did that. And then, you know, it's a one-off and just mm-hmm. a cool type thing. That, and really, it's not just that they did that. Because I think other brewers, I mean, like uh, East End is making the Kvass, 
Right. right. And that, you know, that takes Catonia to do too. But Sam Adams is doing this and then distributing it nationally. Yeah. Not quite the same scale. Yeah. <laughs> Josh posted, not as far as root beer goes, I happened upon a farm selling root beer in Lancaster Saturday and got a couple bottles of the root beer. It was really good root beer. Not so carbonated as the stuff I'm used to because it was actually bottle conditioned with some yeast in the bottom. There's a bunch of little root beer places in that big tourist trap. Yeah, Lancaster is like that. Um, I'd love to try some, you know, freshly brewed root beer. Now, how do they, if there's, if it's brewed, put yeast you, in there, there's, there's got to be minute amounts of alcohol in there well, too, right? There's minute amounts of alcohol. You can make, like, northernbrewer.com sells soda kits. You, you, you know, you mix your sugar, your soda, you, and you naturally carbonate it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you get the carbonation after a couple of days, you put it in the fridge. You have to keep it in the fridge to make the yeast go dormant. Otherwise, it'll keep eating the sugar and overcarbonate and blow up the bottles eventually. Because there's just so much sugar in there. Right. Hmm. But yeah, there there would be more alcohol than... Yeah, for a normal, a normal, naturally carbonated root beer, not that much alcohol. Sam Adams wasn't that. Sam Adams was yeah. brewed with fermentables right. and, and fermented to 5.5%. That's, that's nowhere near what you get with a normal, naturally uh, carbonated root beer or any kind of naturally carbonated soda. I mean, it's just trace amounts. It's, as much, it's probably less than an N.A. beer. Really? So. I figure, you know, you might get of like a half percent or something like that. Well, that's what an N.A. beer is. I guess so. So, yeah, the uh, Eel River's a, a tasty brew. It really is. I'm I'm very much uh, in favor of this one. Well, let me read one more email while you work on that one there. Brian wrote a comment on our show. Thanks for reviewing the Sam Adams Patriot series. I will now go out and get a box at Whole Foods. Still a couple left, I think. All the beers sound interesting and worth a try. He wants to know if we're still planning on doing a coffee show. Oh, yes. <laughs> you bet we are. So he offered to um, a couple of selections that are uh, local to him that he can get for us. And uh, we'll add those to like, the couple that I have now. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely do a coffee beer I'm, show. I'm really excited about a coffee show. I love coffee beers. Ready for the next beer? Mm-hmm. Ooh, Bring it on. One, which Midwest beer? Which uh, Midwest let's do, beer? Um, you know what? Let's do the Alpha King. Okay. Now, this one's interesting. This is Three Floyd's Alpha King. On Rate Beer and Beer Advocate, it's both ranked as an American Pale Ale. And I actually had it scheduled for an American Pale Ale show. And when I printed up the BJCP style guidelines for American IPA, guess what one of the commercial examples was? (laughs) Alpha King. So, well, it it doesn't really surprise me. Like, I mean, Beer Advocate, their their idea of a hoppy... (laughs) It's something that is basically, you know, uh, a hop cone with a little water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so some people might say this is an American Palo, but the BJCP oh, wow. calls this a uh, good example, a world-class example Spell that one. of an American IPA. Oh, my. <laughs> this pours a um, copper color as well. Darker copper. <laughs> you get a candy malt with a lot of hot presence flaring outside. Kind of a almost spicy hop aroma flaring. But also sweet. Yeah, similar aroma to the Eel Rifle, but a lot more potent. Like, same kind of components to it. Same mm-hmm. hops the sweetness, but supercharged. Alpha King from Three Floyds Brewing Company in Munster, Indiana. 6% alcohol by volume. 
Wow. <laughs> um, this is their flagship beer. And they call on the bottle American Pale Ale, too. So maybe the BJCP is wrong on this case. Well, I mean, this seems to fit into me to, to an IPA style. I, I think that this is like, if this is a pale ale, this is a extreme. Well, an American yeah. pale ale is not, a, not a, really a pale ale. It's, it's kind of pushing towards the amber with a lot of hops in it. I mean, they can call this a pale ale all they want, but this this does, I think, fit more into the style of an American IPA. It's got a very sweet maltiness, but it does have a, a very distinct and... Um, hold on a second here. It has a very significant hop presence that is not overpowering. It really does... Uh, it really does circle around the malt in a yeah. sense. It, it's, it, it, it's not hoppy harsh in any way. Yeah. You you'd actually you smell it, you take a sip, and you expect this to be crazy hops, and the hops are nice and mellow. I mean, they're there. They're, well, they're there. Yeah. yeah, but I was expecting them to like break a chair over my head. Yeah. You know, and they're not. They're just kind of like, hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm hoppy, and I'm here. Now here's a, here's a little I mean, it's, it, you know, it's great because it's... It's riding its malt down. It, it really is accentuating the malt with the hops. Mm-hmm. Here's something you'll be jealous of. This beer is what Jeffrey T. Meyer from The Good Beer Show drinks for lunch every day. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to drink this every day just because you don't want to get tired. You he's, know. A, he's a bit of a hophead. <laughs> you don't want to get tired of it. It's like, I would I drink West Legend every day? I mean, no. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe every day is a little too, you know, exaggerative, but... You know, at least twice a week I love to have it. <laughs> I wonder what the age on this is. I wonder if it's mellowed at all. Because it just sort of seems like it's kind of more mellow than you would expect, you know? I don't know, it just... It, it, it really tastes right. It like It's like they're really... I mean, you know, craft be ready. They crafted this one to the nth degree. This one is really so well rounded. It has all the things you want from an IPA, and yet it's extremely drinkable. Right. Yeah. It's. it's I, I would say the mouth is actually a little, a little bit harsher than the Eel River. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as smooth. Right. For sure. Um, oh, it's just. It's just like all yeah. the pieces are just falling into place with this beer, though. So. Kind of um, the malty, you know. There's a sweet maltiness there. That's it's not quite like that that uh, that big sucker flavor. You know, it's, I think I'm gonna have like a, I'm gonna ask you this. I think it's my, maybe it's just a Michael Jackson moment. Do you taste banana at all? Kind of in the early part of the taste. I wish I could confirm that for you. Or maybe I'm just making it up. I don't taste banana. Okay. But I am tasting something that approaches that area. <laughs> okay. So I think you're on the right track. <laughs> it's a, um, what are those um, little green bananas called? Um, plantains? It's a plantain. <laughs> <laughs> see, it'd be funny if I could remember the damn name of those things. I, I, I see where you're coming from. I don't think, you know, it's not... 
Well, I mean, you're not saying it's banana. You know, it's no. not. It's not directly like say Franz's Connor with yeah, that big banana like, flavor. But, but I see where you're coming from in that angle. There's um, there's a kind of sweetness in there that is. It's it's a sweetness that is off on the closer to the vanilla side. And okay. banana and vanilla are kind right. of closely related in terms of. See flavor. what I should have done is I should have said it more assertively. Like I knew what I was talking about, banana, and then you would have agreed because I would have convinced you by suggestion. There's banana in here, Greg. I would have convinced you there by suggestion is. that there's banana in this beer. Yeah, it smells I'm getting great more too. and more hops now than I was before. That's really good. Should we do what beer am I? Sure, let's do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. There it is. What beer am I? Well, last week, uh, last week's what beer was a double IPA made with rye. It was named after a comedian who died 40 years ago at 40 years of age. It was also made by a brewery that was established in the year 5757 and had a brother who was made with pomegranates, another brother who was made with 10 malts, 10 hops, 10 hop additions, and is 10% alcohol by volume. And the answer is Hebrew Bittersweet Lenny's IPA, named after Lenny Bruce. Comedian uh, that broke all down all barriers. That's and, right. The comedian and went to jail for obscenity and the comedian who, um, frankly, wasn't all that funny, but was still uh, a groundbreaker. Right. The um, Jeffrey T on the Good Beer Show interviewed uh, Jeremy Cowan from uh, Hebrew, uh-huh. and his was his mother or his grandmother knew Lenny Bruce in New York. Little Lenny down on the corner. So that's kind of the reason he kind of made this tribute is because he had this sort of tie with, tenuous tie, I guess, but yeah. a tie with tie with Lenny Bruce. People may dispute, may dispute me on the not that funny thing, but I just think that, <laughs> I think that Lenny Bruce was, was bigger in terms of his, you know, what he did for comedy. Right. Than I don't know any of his material, so. Uh, the winners are Doug, Justin, Brian, Brett, Steve, Jack, Mike, John, Drew, Ryan, Andy, Chris, and Josh. Oh. oh, lucky, lucky. The winner is number one, and number one on our list is Doug. So congratulations, Doug. <clears throat> you win a pint glass from East End Brewing Company. Buy a good friend a good beer. i got to remember that so I can say it next time. Buy a good friend a good beer. EastEndBrewing.com. Scott is kind enough to have donated a case of pint glasses to give away for What Beer Am I? This week's clues. Hey, we got another What Beer Am I in the works here. And uh, it might be a little bit easy. <laughs> I am a pumpkin ale. Sutton Air has done about 10 beers. <laughs> yeah, I know. You can really kind of just take, click on one subject and take a look and see if you can figure it out there. The name William Cody doesn't just have the same ring. I have a brother who is a blueberry oatmeal stout. Well, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. And another brother who is divorced. Poor thing. Yep. So those are the three clues for this week. If you have a guess, send it to WBAI at craftbeerradio.com and submit your guess for uh, this week's book, Beer Am I. And you might just win a pint class if the random number, number generator is... It picked one twice in like three weeks. Yeah. But that means it's random, right? Well, yeah. Yep. I mean, that's how... Well, it's, it's pseudo-random, right? It's a computer, so it's... Yeah, it's using the Perl random algorithm, so it's as random as that can be. We're getting real geeky right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised no one's asked us to see the source code of our random number generator yet, just to verify that we're not cheating. 
Oh, this is really good. This alpha came. Yeah. Getting more hoppy as it, as it airs out, warms up, whatever. These beers really weren't all that cold to start with. I just put them in the fridge when I came home from work. I came from work like half an hour before you got here. so But they were a nice drinking temperature for these IPAs. We want a lot of flavor out of yeah. them. So we're drinking them probably even warmer than a lot of the recommended temperatures. It's probably in the mid to high 50s, I'd say, yeah. for some of these beers. But they taste great at that temperature. They really do. I mean, the, the, the higher you get, the more the hot flavor really come out. And Hops, the esters, the alcohol evaporates. You get a, just, and if they're well crafted, you don't you don't need to hide anything. And both the Old River and the Alpha King, delicious at these temperatures. Yeah, but this Alpha King, I mean, this is this is shaping up to be a wow beer. You think? Wow, we haven't had a wow beer in over a year. This one is great. Though. I mean, everything is falling. I mean, it it perf- it's so perfectly. I mean, like you said. The American IPA does an example, and, and it points out this one, and it so right. perfectly gives you this style. Okay, that to me, it's like you know, if if you're a, a gold medal winner in style, and you're really enjoyable. I that's was a I was thinking about you. the whole wild beer situation. How we haven't had a wild beer since like the New Year, because I don't think we've had one since January. Well, I think that we're less inclined now to be wild by beers. Yeah. in a sense, we we've we've been doing this for over a year now. We've had so many different flavors that we've come to expect a lot of things from beer. I think we need to have like two categories. We need to have wow and yowza, <laughs> a holy crap beer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because there's ones that can just shock us and stun us, and well, there's you know ones what? that are. I can think of one recently, and we were just talking about Gumblehead. Okay. That I think is a is a holy crap. Yeah, holy crap! How they do that? Yeah, <laughs> wowza. Mm. Okay, let's move on to the final beer of the evening. This is the Crooked Tree IPA, which you may recognize. If we forgot to mention who who gave us these things. Okay, the um, Alpha King is from Monkey Toe. Thank you, Monkey Tail. We said the old river was from Gary, I think. So thank you, Gary. Martin for the Concord. And the Crooked Tree is from... Steve. Steve. Yeah, I was going to say Mike, but you're right, it's Steve. Uh, we also talked to during the uh, the Beer Geek Roundtable. We also tried this during the Beer Geek Roundtable. Right. We enjoyed it, as I remember. I think we drank this and we drank the double Crooked Tree at the same time. And we also drank uh, Crazy Ed's Cave Green Chili Beer, so... When are we doing? Do we have a, a date yet for uh, Beer Geek Roundtable? No, I guess it's about time to start planning one. Yeah, huh? we can try the new uh, eBay uh, or the the Skype casts. <laughs> hopefully, eBay. it isn't a hopefully it isn't a train wreck like the uh, the Lost Cast Skype cast. Some of our listeners have listened to that, so they know what a train wreck that was. Oh, really? They had like a hundred people on there, and well, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the funny thing was we didn't want to do it with four people, but it almost was 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 well was good because it worked out that way. With we the could uh, get in. with the Skype cast, you can you, people you can raise your hand and you can give the person voice. So they can, oh, okay. So you can kind of like do that kind of. But thing. still, that means that you're going to be <laughs> paying attention. Maybe we can have Heather be a board operator. Maybe our producer. Yeah. All right. This is the Crooked Tree IPA from Dark Horse Brewing Company in Marshall, Michigan. Six percent. Okay, so this is definitely a bottle-conditioned beer, because look oh. at your glass and look at mine. <laughs> mine is muddy. A little bit of uh, particulate matter in there. And Greg's is nice and clear. Greg usually gets the top half of the bottle. Usually, yeah. Because it would be rude for me to pour myself first. Right. I wouldn't mind, frankly, but you know. Jeff does what he does. Jeff is nothing if not polite. This one poured with a large head, too, and it's kind of... Aroma barrier. It's kind of hard to get through it. 
I mean, some of the other aromas would, would, would have hit through. This one, I think, just has a lighter aroma in general. It's not to say it's bad. It's just, there it is. I'm getting a little bit of malt, a little bit of hop, but not a whole lot of aroma here. Yep, that tastes yeasty. Can you taste yours? See if yeah. it's different? When, if you want to... Yeah, yours is better. Mm. Yeah. Yours Maybe you have better. a strainer or something. <laughs> like a cheesecloth. Yours is a lot better. Should have poured this one more gently. <laughs> okay, so what I taste is what a beer with a lot of yeast in it tastes like. It's kind of muddled. Yeah. It's kind of hiding really the hop because, well, Greg, describe the hops you're tasting. Okay, well... The hops are um, taste a little bit more English, um, a little bit more earthy. There's a little bit of a uh, orange flavor with mm-hmm. some uh, rindiness from that orange as well. Okay. Um, there's a, a, a nice body on this beer. I really enjoy the body. Well, from the sip I had from yours, it was a pretty juicy type beer. Mm-hmm. Where it just hops combined the orange yeah. you were tasting combined with you know just the body of the beer it tastes like a really juicy beer yeah there's a you know, it's a little bit lighter body wise but all the hop that allows the hop to kind of explode mm-hmm. and burst and that uh, that flavor is really enticing this is a very good beer and mine it's interesting it's a bit spicy from the yeast the hops are nowhere near as potent as they are in yours, Greg. I'm trying to figure out like what I'm getting from the hops, but it's just ever so light, just spiciness from there, from the yeast in the beer. I wish I would have poured it more delicately. <laughs> yeah, my, mine, the one that I have is a little bit better. But, uh, well, Jess, we're going to have to suffer for the rest of this. We got one final email I wanted to point out. Bill wrote that uh, it was great to hear the news about Sierra Nevada and their recent investment in capturing CH4 to generate electrical power. I thought you should know that there are several other green breweries out there. A CH4 is, I believe, methane. Yes, methane. New Belgium uses wind power and methane. Brooklyn Brewery uses wind power. And Anderson Valley uses solar power. Interesting. I didn't realize Brooklyn Brewery used Brooklyn Brewery buy power from a company in upstate New York that runs a bunch of windmills. But it's, it's delivered through the local utility Yeah, company. so technically they're not actually... The actual electrons that are running through their wires... Could be generated could from be, the coal. Are, yeah. are generated from the, probably the closest power plant. Yeah. But it's... They're buying their power from a renewable right. energy source. Right. There's one email that we missed. Ben posted... I found the licorice porter from Sam Adams, uh, the George Washington porter, wanting, but a good wanting. A local brewer makes a anise wheat that blew its socks off. I will agree with Rick and Greg that they have... Oh, we cojones. Mentioned this one. We, yeah. didn't read, we didn't read the beginning. We just talked yeah. about the cojones. Um, cajones. <laughs> cajones. Cajones. That's it. I'm going to be sorry that I can't find them again. Hopefully... Some more of these push-the-envelope beers will be forthcoming, even as one-offs. I, th- I like the one-off concept. I mean, it, it allows you to do something crazy without spending a huge amount of money marketing and stuff like that. And I think, you know, that, that's sort of the way that Sam Adams looks at it. I'm sure they lost money on this. 
It's a marketing investment yeah. too, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, they're they're showing their ability. Yeah, it's like the long shot competition, the homebrew thing going into production. We have yet to see how that sells, but they have a lot of PR marketing for having that homebrew competition. So I just, I mean, it's great that, that they do that. And I really, um, we really do need to talk to him. Yeah, Mister <laughs> Cook. We have to try to email email the representative. So, what do you think? Um, well, I mean, number one is obvious. Um, uh, number two, number, number four is obvious. And the, the two and three are the ones that are just giving me the most trouble. Right. Well, see, I'm drinking the yeasty part. So, yeah. so I'm going to have to do this. Number one is Alpha King. Number two is Eel River. Three is the Crooked Tree because I got the yeasty one. And four is the Concord. Concord last place nothing's horribly wrong but it did have that harsher hop flavor it was harder to um, to really appreciate it, it's not as harsh as some beers I've had kind of like the Connor IPA which is uh, reminiscent of a uh, cat urine type uh, yeah. beer not that harsh but um, took a little bit of attention and concentration to really get your head around it uh, I really like the Old River for an organic beer yeah. It's one of the best. Yeah. Ever. It's a great beer. Kruger Tree, unfortunately, like I said, I got the yeast slug at the bottom, and my beer's not all that tasty. So, Greg, were you going to put the uh, Kruger Tree in front of the O'Rourke? I'd probably get to agree with you. The Alpha King is obviously number one. Uh, the, the the Alpha King, which is, I mean, it's, it's a wild beer for me. It's, it's a it's a really, gr- I mean, it's just a perfect example of the style. You don't get perfect examples of a style very often. Well, you, you've said a couple times where you know you really like hops. But you don't like those blatant, over-the-top, crazy yeah. hop beers. So this is one that's tuned to your palate, it looks like. Mm-hmm. One where it's like perfect. Lots of hops, lots of flavor, but not slapping you in the face. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. Uh, yeah, show me hops. Give me that flavor. But that's not the only thing in a beer that I want to enjoy. I mean, there's so much about it, so much about beer that I enjoy. And give me everything. Don't right. just you know th- show hops at me. Don't give me hop extract. I mean, I can eat pellet hops, mix them up in water in the blender, and that doesn't really appeal to me. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I mean, the the Eel River IPA. I think that part of it is that uh, slightly higher alcohol gave a little bit more of that burning, the alcohol burning, which okay. kind of helped uh, get some of those flavors out a, there. It was a very well rounded beer, yeah, like the Alpha King. Just pieces just fit together. Very, the first two were extremely drinkable. They were gone quick. Yeah. Well, the second. Well, the the, the yeah, top yeah, two beers top two, of the yeah. evening. Uh, then you know, Crooked Tree is right there. I mean, right right next to it. I mean, it's it's got a great uh, flavor. I really like the juiciness of all of it. Okay. Uh, it's um, really delicious. The, these top three are really excellent. All all excellent examples. Excellent beers. This last one, you know, I I didn't. There's that flavor that I didn't like, and then it hit me with uh, some more roastiness, which is not what I was expecting of the style, but it wasn't bad. So. I, it's iffy, but it definitely is last on my list. It's not uh, not something that I really would would go to a bar and, and take take more of. Whereas with the rest of these three, if I see them, I'm definitely going to jump at them, especially Alpha King. That's the way I look at it. There's Them's the way it breaks. Big chunks of yeast in the bottom of my glass there. <laughs> I'm always hesitant about drinking excessive amounts of yeast ever since we did that um, fruit beer show. And that uh, Leafman's from Rosen beer gave my belly a little bit of upsetness. A great way to end the show. Yes. With talking about Jeff's upset stomach. I tried to do it politely. 
That's all for Craft Beer Radio. Thank you very much for listening. We love hearing from you, so send us an email at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Post a comment on our website. Tune in next week for a really cool show. <laughs> it's going to be something that I have in the cellar. It's going to be lots of beer uh, on yes. the Craft Beer Radio show. You know, I, I, I got that Dogfish Head Chateau Jaihu, that, that 7,000-year-old Chinese recreated beer. It's like burning a hole in my cellar. Well, so, how can we figure that into a show? Yeah, we got to do a whole show of 7,000-year-old Chinese-style beers. Well, we did do it. <laughs> That's going to be rough. We did do a mixed six-pack show once, and maybe we'll have to do something similar. Yeah, we got a bunch of special beers. I, I kind of feel like I'm slacking when I do a mixed show. But I got like beers a, I really a special get. show, a short bus show? <laughs> and no, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm kind of like mailing it in when I just you know say, okay, let's do these beers. But sometimes you gotta do it to get these great beers on the air. So. Yeah. All right. Such as it is. So hey, we'll see you next week. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information.